Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Giant Pod with me, Andy Rintmore. This week we have John Haynes. John owns McAllister's estate agents in Froome. We talk about a whole range of things from local radio, reality TV appearances, Star Trek, music. Uh, we talk about retail, the parallels with uh, selling houses and dreams and the things that people tell you, the personal aspects of their lives that they bestow upon you in these uh, professions. And we have just a great chat. I've really got a lot of time for John, and I really enjoyed spending the time with him. Here it is. Uh, Trump, he drinks a lot, doesn't he? I don't know, does Every he? Every other sentence, he's uh, sucking oh. on something. Oh, God. <laughs> don't. <sighs> okay. Yeah, happy with that. John Haynes. A legend in my eyes. <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> Thank you for uh, spending some time with me today. It's an absolute pleasure. It's nice to see you casual as well. Every time I see you wearing a suit. I know. And you look good in a suit. It's kind of you to say so. But it's nice to see you casual. It's it's good to be wearing something which is is not a suit and a tie and uh, yeah, I do I do actually wear casual clothes outside of normal working hours just right. just in case you wondered. I do own pajamas. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. these shoes as well. What are they suede? Thank you. They on? are. They look suede loafers. Actually, oh. I say little. They're suede loafers. Oh. I know. What we go? Well, you know, I knew that you were going to be wearing something quite smart, and and you know your Somerset T-shirt. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? You got to represent your ends, haven't you? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I got you on this uh, podcast, John. One because we get on like a house on fire <laughs> when do. I see you at work, but also, and I don't want to make a big deal of it because it's like people saying, "Oh, well, tall, you're tall." But I just, I'm such a fan of your voice. I think you've got the most incredible voice and I love talking to you. And, 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 and when I mentioned this to you, uh, when I saw you last, you said, well, this, this is open doors for me. And I've done some, some things. So I don't know where to begin with you. Where do we begin with you, John? Well, I mean, uh, you're, you're right. I mean, I'm complimented with the, or the, 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 the voice thing. Um, and, and yes, I've done um, certain things. I mean, interestingly, from an early age, the voice wasn't quite like this. I mean, clearly, before I my voice broke, it was quite different. But I also had a lisp. Really, and and it was quite a pronounced lisp. And I think you know a lot of lot of kids have that. Yes, me too. And, I had um, that. Oh, did you? Yes, I had the speech therapy, and I had to do um, like the and ter, and it's all about the the uh, the shape of the tongue. Yes. Sometimes I still say like free for the number three. I'm with you. Uh, and things like that. I kind of have weird sort of, sort of very vague memories of it. And I had some neighbours that were older boys, and they used to get me to say knickers and sausages <laughs> and things like that. Well, I'll tell you a couple of stories which which relate to said lisp. And right. one sort of uh, the cure was, and I, I happened to notice a, a photograph of you. Uh, and I, 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 are you a, the proud owner of a chopper uh, bicycle? I am unfortunately not the proud owner of that. My father is. Okay. That is a Mark One chopper, I believe. Now that that is a thing to behold, right? So it's okay, so there's piece. so there's a difference in our ages. I think yes. we've established that you know I'm I'm early fifties, and, and and as a kid that was an aspirational bike. I yeah. mean everybody, every kid that was something wanted a chopper. Uh, and I was no different to that. And um, I uh, spoke to my parents and said, uh, you know, Christmas, don't care if I have nothing else, I want a chopper We've bike. We've all been there. Absolutely. I don't care if there's nothing else. All the family combined, I just need this one thing this and my is, life will forever be fulfilled. Uh, absolutely. I would be happy for the rest of my life. <laughs> so my, my mother, who was in charge of, 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 of purchases, she said, right, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get this sorted, get this sorted. And, and as time sort of progressed, it became apparent that I was going to get a bike. How and, did this become and, apparent? Was it just, well, well, just body just, language? You know, and... it, it, I knew, I, I, I just had a feeling. Right. I had a feeling. Uh, and, and, and where I lived, just outside of Warminster, there was, there was a bike shop, an independent bike shop. And one and day I know the bike and, was gone. My mum and dad <laughs> bought the bike. Anyway, Christmas Day, and there was, was, was a bike all wrapped up. 
started unwrapping the thing. And there in front of me was a shopper. It was a Miranda. It was red. It had a white <laughs> back bag. It had white tires. And that was when I realized that chopper and shopper sound remarkably similar <laughs> when you've got a lisp. Oh, my day! And I kid you not, that is a true story <laughs> to this day. And my poor mother was mortified. Not as mortified as I was, right. I hasten to add. How did you approach this? Well, I was, I think I was nine. <laughs> and I just, I just couldn't believe it. Because I was a polite child... I just took it, I sucked it up and thought, okay, it's got two wheels, it's got pedals, it's going to be all right. It wasn't. Until you got out on the street and saw your mates oh, on choppers. Do you know what? A pal of mine had a grifter. Now that was, that was similar. That was like a cross between a regular bike and a mount, sort of like a, a mountain bike, a stunt bike, a sort right. of um, a BMX type bike. Yeah. All, the, all of them were incredibly heavy bikes. Yeah. Um, but no, so that was it. So I think that was the beginning of my, I mean, much as I had lessons on how to talk without the lisp or try and lose the lisp, that as an experience was enough. And then later on afterwards, I, so I, 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 so the bike thing sort of passed and, and I, I, radio and and music was, was, was something that I was really, really interested in. And, uh, I had the opportunity to do some voluntary work for, um, what was then Wiltshire Radio, which then ultimately became GWR. Oh, um, my childhood. Inter- no way. Not, well, yeah, I'd get in the car and it, my mum would either have an Anastasia uh, tape in or um, it was Gabrielle or something. Oh. And it was GWR FM. And then they had all the stickers, didn't they? Yes, they did. And I just remember every time I'd had to go shopping with my mum somewhere, that would be on. So G- were you on the... Yeah, GWR, I, I volunteered. It was on a Sunday. My dad would drive me all the way to the Lime Kiln Studios at Wooden Bassett, now Royal Wooden Bassett. And, and I would do something. I would, I would work for them. And it was, you know, it was all free. It was voluntary. And it was a good opportunity really to get into sort of, you know, um, in local radio. Yeah. They put me on Secret Sound. Again, the Lisp Secret Sound is not, not something that you can say particularly well when you've got a list. Thankfully, by then, it was getting a bit better. But no, I, I loved it. And, and um, locally, at the time, there was a, a vet called Jerry Bembo, who was one of the... In fact, he was the first vet to be tasked with looking after the animals at, at Longleat, so the safari park. And we did uh, a, a, a thing where... At the time, they had a, a massive a Citroen Safari estate car, which was all liveried with, with, with Wiltshire Radio, uh, which was the radio car. It turned up and we did uh, a piece that was sort of spliced together over a period of, I don't know, six hours, where during the winter, the Jerry Bembo would go and visit all the animals and we did sort of, you know, all the, all the bits and pieces about the various animals he would look after. And it was great fun. And I enjoyed it and I used to do... Uh, discos as well. So I had my own sort of um, mobile, mobile disco. Yeah. Mobile disco. The Eclipse Raid Show. <laughs> I know. You it's embarrassing. It such a grin on you. Good times for you. I can see oh, it. Oh, you have, well, no, you have every idea because right. I, I know that your live music is your thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well versed in the road. Yeah, let's say I, at this I point. just love it. I mean, it's, it's not great at two o'clock in the morning when everybody else has gone home and you're there Packing everything. Down, oh yeah. my god! And of course, at that time as well, smoking, uh, you know, was was perfectly acceptable. Not, I mean, I never smoked myself, but you know, y- y- your speakers, it. all your equipment just stinks, stinks of smoke. Right. But but wow. it was but it was great fun. I bet absolutely brilliant fun. So what was the radio station? It was GWRFM. So GWRFM. And then there was three TRFM, wasn't there? That was yeah. Now, now three TRFM. That was now that was three towns. Was that three towns FM? I was which was far too young to know. Oh come just on! Just know it was. So actually, weirdly, you could have been a very prominent voice in my childhood. <gasps> That's which quite might frightening. be why I have such an affinity for you when you when you come to the. <laughs> I wasn't. I well, wasn't I very. I, I, I wasn't on the radio a great deal. It has to be said. Right. But, um, Maybe somewhere. Yes. A young Andy. Yeah. Deep, was, d- deep in your psyche, there. There is. The, there uh, is a subconscious. There you are, <laughs> knocking around, John. And we've got a full circle moment today. I know it's remarkable, isn't it? Wow. Life is strange. 
Oh, don't. Isn't it weird? It's, it, it, it's the, the connections that you have. And I think, I mean, d- d- the day job, if you like, it, you know, is, is, is basically talking to people, communicating with people all the time. Selling houses. And selling houses. Making dough. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I've been doing it for a long time. And, and, but you still, there are still so many people that you, you know, I mean, we, you know, we, we, we deal with first time buyers, we deal with bigger houses, we do some relocation work. I spend some time in London. I've got a couple of clients who are, um, uh, are actors. Um, so are you, that's are they quite... able to divulge who these people are or is that far too unprofessional? Well, I mean, I, I think th- th- there are two which are, um, funny enough, very topically uh, star in a um, a movie that is going to be showing in November, but was delayed because of COVID. Yeah, and um, and this particular so there's there's a chap and a and, and a lady, and the lady in particular is somebody that we've been dealing with for for some time. But um, she's um, she's got. A reasonable amount of money, <laughs> and if I had a penny yes. for her thoughts, mm-hmm. then you might be able to work out who that person is. Uh, uh, new James Bond movie. Oh, Couldn't oh, possibly comment. Oh, 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 I haven't seen the trailer yet uh, to figure out who that is. Well, I, I've just given That's you the homework for I've the just listeners. Given it, so it's a lazy. She and plays if I money, had, penny. Yeah. Well, yes, there we go. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so that's that's great. So, Beautiful. Um, uh, Does she yeah, have any bond? Uh, you know, when she comes to her house, is there any sort of bond things she wants? Any panic rooms or anything? Sort of, <laughs> you know, is it like a is it like a double o seven type villa? That well, she wants I, I think there is an intention that it's going to be something very sort of um, very contemporary. Anyway, it's okay. something that's been built, but right. um, but yeah, She's I mean, that's, that's quite um, yes, yeah, yes, indeed, beautiful, yeah. And 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 you work for McAllisters, is that right? So I am the, the company McAllisters, yeah. And um, yeah, absolutely. So it's so. I mean, I've got uh, five members of staff, and we sell we sell houses. We do a bit of commercial work, um, and and other bits and pieces. But it, it, for me, the, the 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 real buzz is it basically it's Froome, isn't it? I mean, that's that's Froome. you know working in a town like Froome, which is, I think y- you tend to meet such a brilliant cross section. Of people, uh-huh. and 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 I think, you know, it, it, it's constantly changing. I mean, you know, you're a Froom chap, and you know, one appreciates that there are certain changes that can be quite controversial, but then equally, there are some great things that are that that, that are happening. Yeah, yeah, Froom is is such a. Um, it's, I grew up born and bred in Froom, so I've been here twenty eight years. And growing up, it was a it, it was a bit boring, I think. And and then a shift started happening. And you'll know this, having been in the oh. property world. You you, but essentially going to be meeting all the people that have been moving here, and we yeah. get what what's known as blow-ins. <laughs> which I love that expression, blow-ins. Exactly. Oh, it's a blow-in uh, from London. Oh, yeah. um, and I love it because I've met so many interesting people. I, I kind of grew up in, in this town. I was like, God, it's. Those are the kinds of people I always wanted to be. Do you know what I mean? They had something interesting. They they had a job that didn't feel like it was work to them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And, then, and I just like, they felt rare. And if I met someone that did something like that, it felt rare. And I kind of had to pick their brains a bit. And I guess this is part of why I'm doing this podcast. Well, and I... Curiosity. But. And I'm in a fortunate position that, that you know, doing the job I, I do you have a little window in on, on those worlds. On those worlds. And, and, and what I do as well, you get to meet them and, yeah. uh, and, and network. And, and now Froome is just bustling with prof- young professionals, families. People do interesting, quirky hobbies. or they, There's a whole load of new culture and new life that's come to this town. I, I, I was saying earlier to my previous guest, I could do a, I could do 100 or more episodes of this podcast just with people in Froome. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And and every one of them would do something different. They would all have their own merit for some reason. I, I, th- I think this is it. And and it's, and there's also an energy. I mean, I, I'm, um, I, I've, I've been very fortunate that I've, I've got, 
I've usually got quite a bit of energy. Yeah. And and if anything, the older I've got, the more energy I've I've been fortunate enough to have. That's and I, interesting. I, I, I don't know why that is, but what I really like is that there are, and most people are like this. They 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 have quite a bit of energy, and and also spending time with them, you tend to get a little bit of that energy as well. And I know that there, there, sometimes there's a reverse of that, but but generally, you know, people have got that that element, and also I think everybody's got a story to tell. I mean, my my, despite the voice, perhaps it, I think people sort of t- tend to say, you know. I don't have an accent as such. You know, you've got no idea that I'm a I'm a Wiltshire lad. Right. So, you know, so I'm Wiltshire born and bred, but I went to an independent school and the people that I went to school with for, were for all over the place. And so you end up with this sort of bizarre amalgamation. amalgamation. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have an accent in the normal way. But but my dad was um was a furniture maker and um and he he came from don't know what the right term would be sort of you know very much sort of you know working class background and and you know there were some very fundamental things that you learn as a kid that you know you never prejudge everybody's got an interesting story and 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 I think if you listen it's it's quite fascinating you know people will open up and and you know that's what you're doing isn't it basically it's it's you know it's an opportunity to to, to, to find out, you know, you, you, you hear something or you, you just see that sort of little glimmer and think, oh, you know, I wonder where that's going to go. And it's, it's that, I mean, I, 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 that's why, you know, I'm still, I've been doing my job for 30 years now and I still every day is different and, and I'm still passionate about what I do. You know, there isn't really a day when I'm thinking, oh goodness, I don't want to get up this morning and do the same job. Yeah. I mean, when I see you, uh, well, I see you in the mornings or whenever when you're on your lunch. You're always you've got the great energy. I see so many people a day in retail in the day job that are just husks during the day. They, you know what I mean, they try and turn as much of themselves off that can be killed off and and destroyed by the day job. I'm not saying it makes it sound like I'm sort of judging people but i'm not what i'm i guess what i'm saying is i see so many people that are like i don't know they just sort of hate it yeah and you know they're at work and they haven't got a lot of energy everything's a bit of effort they're in the rat race let's say and it's really quite crazy a shift in, in a shop watching these people come in i, I mean it, especially at the lucky. moment yeah I, I would imagine because oh you yeah know, i mean it's accentuated so all of yeah. this is accentuated by what we're going through at the moment uh, that to me seems really sad because i i i guess you know it's such a big lump of our lives and to be to be doing that for five days a week for goodness knows how many years, years in, yeah. in in your lifetime just seems such a shame it does and you're always, always, always in a great mood when I see you. And it's always, oh, thank, thank God. I mean, like, <laughs> Grey of sunshine. It, Hello! It, it, it's, a, it's, a kindred, <laughs> it's a kindred spirit. You see, that's the thing. Yeah, there's a, there is an element of... Um, it, it, exactly. And but, I think that's the thing. You know, you recognise, oh, hang on a second. This guy's sparky. This is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas... The, the empty husks of characters, as you rightly say, you know, I mean, you know, you're not going to engage with them. And it is, it is, it is funny, you know, there are people that very much, um, everything's too much trouble or life owes them a living and they're not prepared to get up and get out and, Some and, people and maybe do something. Some people are scared to engage in something. There's so many times I've tried, to, I've been bored and I've tried to uh, direct a conversation somewhere a little more stimulating a little more intellectually satisfying let's say not so i sound pretentious but no 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 no, but and and people they kind of give you this look like oh oh, oh, yeah all right yeah bye exactly out of my comfort zone out of my comfort zone yeah i guess i'm not getting that with you then you know that that, that, (laughs) but yeah yeah just uh i'm I'm never happier unless i'm out of my comfort zone i mean that to me i think if you can that's so interesting. I, I think if you can sort of make that a bit of a a bit of a life thing, really, because only that way will you develop and grow. And you know, I'm not saying that that's every day, but it's 
it's it's fun to do that. And actually, if you stretch yourself a little bit more or do something that you're... I mean, I learned to water ski about three years ago and <laughs> I love the water, yeah. but believe me, I don't know if you've ever tried it. I haven't. It's it's not easy. I, I sort of saw it and thought, well, hang on a second, speed, skis, water, what's what's not to enjoy? And, and it's bound to be pretty straightforward. It's not. It took me hours and hours being dragged behind a boat to then suddenly realize and get a mouthful of water and a nose full of water and everything else. But I learned to water ski. And when I cracked it, it was just brilliant. And it was it was only for moments, you know, maybe a couple of minutes, but to actually be on the water, going along behind the boat without being dragged along was was really good. And I think I think that's sort of what I think if you can sort of grasp little things. And, you know, going back to what you were saying, you know, you you think, well, hang on a second, I'm going to try and engage with this person. Yeah. You know, I suppose the worst that will happen is you end up getting that sort of two-dimensional... Yeah, stone or something. Yeah, exactly. And that's fine. You know, it's okay. It's no, nothing ventured, really, nothing lost, I guess that's the saying, isn't it? And it, 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 that happens, the, and I just don't do it again. No, you know, no, just, and this, this is the thing. I mean, I, I, th- I think first time... I commented about your dead Kennedy's jacket. You were wearing a dead Kennedy's jacket. And a, and, and a pal of mine who was the most unlikely punk, this is a chap who um, lived in a manor house. Right. And But he was a weekend punk. And so the village I was brought up in was, was a village called Hatesbury, just the other side of Warminster. Right. Uh, and he's, his mum and dad lived in in the manor at, at Nook. And, and Toby, who's a... a that wasn't really punk name either. Um, was he was a great kid, but he was he was he was he definitely wanted to be a punk. But I don't think he even pierced his ears. He managed to sort of managed to create sort of clamp on earrings and stuff. But he would go he would go to the post office on a Sunday morning, and he, bear in mind this is a punk in the seventies. So this would have been was it the sort of like the beer mat type. So tartan was the prevalent uh, yeah. uh, fabric. Yes. Um, beer mats, were beer mats something that punks? I mean, I, I know that sort this is... Sort of like stitched into the yeah, trousers. That's it. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think that was yeah. probably a thing. And, there wasn't and many rules with punk back then. It was, it was all a bit free and easy, wasn't it, really? For a bit. And then all of a sudden, like everything, the thing that's not supposed to have any rules and be all individual and everything becomes... Uh, an elitist uh, uh well it's not all elitist but it, it's it gets its rules yes. everywhere gets rules oh uh, it, it would well, he he was so he was so he was into his dead so my introduction to the yeah. dead kennedys was through toby and his 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 punk music <laughs> so it was that it was the sex pistols um and, and 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 i remember the track holiday in cambodia yes which was probably one of the early dead kennedy's ones yes, yeah absolutely yeah it's great i've got that on a 12 inch um oh, right single vinyl vinyl and the artwork for it is really gnarly it's a black and white picture of a uh, i think it must be it's a cambodian <clears throat> sorry it's a cambodian image someone is they're sort of like tied fastened to a pole I think they're right. dead. I think they've right. been shot or something. And some bloke is like mid, mid swing with a chair. They're just beating this corpse on oh the thing. It's black and white. It's quite a saturated image, so it's not massively gory. No, but it still retains a visceral, sort of animal-like savagery. And it was just that was what punk was about back then, though, yes. wasn't it? It was about shocking you. But what the Dead Kennedys managed to do was shock you within context. They had a, they had a, they had something to say, whereas the Pistols didn't necessarily really have anything specific to say other than oh, anarchy and down with the Queen and all this. It was all it was good, it was all right, refreshing and 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 definitely shook things up. But then you know the clash really. They were the the British contemporaries to the Dead Kennedys. Obviously, the Dead Kennedys were a lot later on. But yes, I think that if it, there was no clash, there's no Dead Kennedys. I'd and say. do you? I mean, is there a feeling that the Sex Pistols basically sold out? Um, I don't know. It's so long ago, and it's only one album that I tend not to like. Really like. <laughs> care too much but at some point you've got to stop sleeping on floors and get paid for it right well, yeah this is very it. true so i don't know about the whole selling out thing like i get the ethos behind it 
But at some point, you've got to step it up, haven't you? Yeah. And if you if you're worth your salt, if you think that what you're saying is valuable to people then surely you want to get the biggest audience for that as you yeah can, well right? no this is very true it's got to be commercial you've got to do you know uh, there is a connection with this but um not that many months ago just just chatting to somebody who works for me transpires her uncle was one of two members and i think there were only ever two members of the klf oh Yes, now, I now, know of the KLF. Now, the KLF were a sort of legendary band that um, burnt a million pounds. Allegedly burnt a million pounds. Well, I, I, I think they actually burnt I believe a million pounds. Just Sarah, treason, isn't it? Sorry? It, yes, it is. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, because, yeah. because you're defacing the, 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 the queen. queen. Um, but no, they, they, um, so Sarah, her, uh, her uncle... Um, whose name escapes me, but he is a, uh, he's a sculptor um, and, and is married to um, a woman called Alana who was in the Thompson Twins. I mean, this is all <laughs> stuff way before your time. I appreciate Andy, but, you know, it, no, it's, it's, great. It's, it's, you know, just, and I, you know, for me, you know, for me, the 90s was probably, you know, because I was doing discos and stuff and, and, you know, uh, you know, new romantic that 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 was very much the thing, and it was highly amusing because you know you do you do events and you know guys were wearing makeup and uh, you know dressed in their sort of blousy shirts and uh, the, the, the sweaters, the big sweaters. I mean, it was ridiculous. In the middle of the summer in a nightclub and you're wearing a sweater. I mean, it's not it's not a great it's not a great fashion choice really when you analyse it. But it was highly amusing. Yeah, the KLF. I'll just go back to the KLF. Um, were um, essentially just PR machines. Weren't oh, totally. They? Yeah. yeah. One of my industry teachers when I was studying music, she was uh, a PR agent for bands like Nirvana and stuff oh, like goodness, that. Goodness, right? Really, she got some stories. I'd really love to get her on this pod, actually. Um, and she did a whole lesson for us on the KLF because they were. It wasn't necessarily about the music for them, was it? They did no. that sort of tongue-in-cheek song that had the the Doctor Who. Yeah, um, exactly. Because that's the one that 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 I'd I'd forgotten that they they'd done. They were like which an was art effectively project. just repeating the words Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, yeah. What what was that about? I don't know. It's just it was just sort of in your face, anti-establishment, piss taking, ironic facetious yes it was just it was just rebellious fun i think and burning a million pounds that was their prize money for the oh, they won a prestigious art award it was the um oh, oh i can't remember what it's called now the tate and was it the tate uh, modern was it a, a particular uh, it award linked to the tate modern that award that that are the what the Turner, oh, the Prize. Turner Prize. Thank you very I think, much. I think that was their Turner Prize money. Oh they burnt video. And bearing in mind, this was a million pounds in nineteen ninety in the nineteen nineties. I would suggest a lot of money. It, exactly. I mean, money goodness, now. it's probably worth ten times or more than ten times that now. But it, 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 I mean, you know, as it turns out, he's done quite well because art was very much his thing, mm. and his his wife, I think. Uh, you know the Thompson twins did quite well as well. So you know, I think I think there was a fair bit of money there. But um, but yeah, because for me, um, there was there was there was justified and ancient, which was the um, uh, that was with Tammy Wynette, um, which was another another track they did. But it was all, as you say, it was all bizarre and very sort of commercial and stuff. But um, no. I, 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 you know, that, that, so DJing was something that I quite enjoyed doing. Um, um, I've done some, some, some TV work as well, but only in the context of, um, various bits and pieces. Oh, that, do tell. Well, okay. So there was, um, right. So, so Froon centric, let's, let's go. There was a program and this was about, goodness me, 15 years ago, which was called building the dream. And, uh, if you, if you ever talk to anybody, um, in Whitton Friary. Right. Um, I think there was divided opinion on Channel 4 arriving in Whitton Friary, buying uh, a single building plot. Yes. And they took over the village for... I think I remember about this. About 10 months. 
And the idea was, it was a very, it was sort of a, the concept of it, so it was a show. Yeah. And um, they, uh, they, it was a daytime TV show and it was, it was, say, it was over quite a period of time. And you started off with, I think it was a dozen groups, a dozen couples, and they collectively assisted in building this bung I remember property. this. Okay. I don't remember much, but I, I remember right. the concept. Yeah. Okay. So um, you had, I'm just trying to remember the name of the person that um, hosted it. This is in prime um, reality TV era, isn't Oh, it? yeah, yeah. Garden so Force is, is big. Changing Rooms is absolutely. big. Absolutely. Trini and Susanna. Well, maybe they were a little bit previous to that. Uh, they were previous big, to big that. Big Brother is big at this time. Well, funny enough, Linda, right, so Linda Barker, Linda Barker presented it. And it was produced by Endemol, the same people that produced Big Brother or produced right. Big Brother. Because I, I think at the time, Linda Barker's partner was one of the producers of, of, of Big Brother. So it was all very much incestuous and it was all part of that thing. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it was, so the idea was you started with a dozen couples and the public would then decide who stayed. And the ultimate prize was that the couple that remained won this fabulous house. Yes. And, uh, and, and towards the end, they decided that they needed an estate agent to go and value the property. And it was all very dramatic. And, you know, he would tell them what it was worth or he or she would tell them what it's worth and it would be broadcast live. Anyway, I was contacted and they said, do, do, do you want to go along and, you know, see whether or not you could, um, you could be selected to do this? And I thought, well, it's got to be good publicity for the, for the business. And, and again, you know, using the mantra of get out of your comfort zone, I thought, well, I've not done it before. And at the time it was, I think it was about 10 million people that were watching at the conclusion because it was a big deal and, and you know, there were fewer channels at that concept, time. isn't it? Oh, it is. And, and it's guaranteed to be emotionally charged. Oh, my goodness. And, and there's something very perverse and almost voyeuristic, isn't there, about reality TV, especially oh. if someone or some other people are going to be crestfallen. Yes. There's something about it. Maybe it's a British thing. I think it's a human thing. But we love it, don't oh, we? Totally. It, it is. You're right. It's voyeuristic. Um, yeah, there are going to be emotions. I mean, my goodness me. And boy, were there. But I mean, it was. So it was quite fascinating. So it sort of went went over a couple of days earlier. You know, sort of worked out what I needed to do. Um, set me up on the day in the sense of you know they said right okay this is what we're gonna do and they had a, like a little run through. But because it was all happening at 100 miles an hour, um, you, you know, you didn't have time to rehearse it. So. You know, there was a, a, a sort of piece to camera where, you know, a state agent with clipboard and, um, you know, looking around at the house in a sort of meaningful way. And then, you know, <laughs> sitting on the sofa with Linda Barker and talking about the property and the lovely features and all the rest of it. And all of this was going out live. And it didn't, I mean, it was sort of, it, it, it didn't escape my notice that, that it was quite a big deal at that point. But it was fine. Um, and, and we did it. And then I think they were down to three couples and one couple won it and, uh, you know, it was all very dramatic and, and it was, you know, it was a house where it was all about product placement. So the idea was you had a property that was sort of a smart house, bearing in mind this was 15 years ago. So, you know, fabulous stereo system and, a, you know, hot tub provided by, you know, XYZ hot tub company and, yeah. you know, solar panels, all the other bits and bobs. Um, and, 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 and there it was. And I think it concluded at about, they, they understandably stretched it out over, I, I don't know, probably four hours, you know, with adverts and all the other bits and pieces. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was good fun. It was good fun. But at the end of it, and I hadn't sort of really bargained on it, I jumped back into the car afterwards because it was basically, it was my day, you know, my working day was taken up with this and, and jumped back in the car. And it was, it was really weird. I was really emotional. And it's very difficult to try and describe. I, I remember phoning I think I phoned the office because, you know, I thought, right, what's happened? I phoned the office and they started, you know, one of the ladies words to me said, you know, how did it go? And I started talking to her and then I found, I found myself crying, but, but blubbering in a bizarre sort of, wow. you know, releasing some sort of weird energy sort of way. You're... But um, I, I have no idea why that was. Wow. Are you, are you quite an emotive, um, not emotive, maybe, no, emotive is, uh, you are an emotive person, but are you quite empathic? Yes. Do you, do you tend to read people's vibes and their energies and take it on a little? 
I, I do. It's very difficult doing the job I do to not... Well, okay, that's a lie. I, I, yes is the answer to your question. I, I do find it quite difficult to not become emotionally involved in some way. Because I think if you... I, th- I think it's difficult not to, to be perfectly honest with you. Because, you know, a lot of what I do is very positive, very exciting, people buying homes, um, you Families know, moving up. And Absolutely. Selling them dreams and yeah. futures of, and... Yeah. All of those great things. But then conversely, you know, sadly, there are families going their own separate ways and there's people dying and, you know, wanting, you know, the family needing to sell the house as a consequence of that. And lots of, you know, it's quite a stressful sort of thing. Um, so I think, yes, is yeah, I mean, I, I'm quite... Perceptive. I'm bit, yes. Yeah, I'm quite a sort of, um, um, yeah, a, a, a emotional, very sort of, I, I pick up on people's moods and such, like, which is probably also why you tend to pick up on very positive moods. Um, yes. So, yeah, and I, I, I think, you know, it, 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 it's something that... that, that do so you want to find an energy that's not going to sap yours away? Oh, goodness, yeah. But, do, yeah. but don't you find that there are people that will take your energy? Absolutely. I've got a, a very good friend and he calls them energy vampires. That's such a great description. Yeah. Because that's exactly what it is. It's the, it's the, it's the blood, isn't it? It's yeah. the, it's the oh. life force. And they get, and they, it's these people, it's like, sometimes they, it's almost not like they get off on it, but it's kind of how they get by. Yes. In a weird way. Those are the people that if you ask how you're doing, rather than saying either politely, yeah, good, or yeah, not so good, but, you know, I'm feeling, you know, it's going to be a great afternoon or whatever in the weather. They are the people that generally take you quite literally and will answer that question in minute detail. Oh, yes. The things that you, I'm sure you get told these things as well, but in retail, the things that people tell you, absolutely insane. I can't actually right now off the top of my head think of any, but you you hear of any specific stories, but you hear of, um, oh no, someone so died, mate. And they just, they just throw it at you without any notice. There's no, there's been some really wild stuff that's really taken me off guard. And it's a strange thing because you almost build, you don't build an immunity to it, but there are moments when, Sometimes someone leaves and they've bared their soul to me over a cheese and onion sandwich, you know, (laughs) cheese and bread onion sandwich. And I think, could I have been a little more sensitive then? But sometimes some people chuck stuff at you that is so traumatic. Yes. you You just don't know what to do. And if you took on everyone's, if you went, oh my God, for everyone... By the end of the day, you'd be done. Oh, be toast. I I do find there are days where at the end I am yeah pretty exhausted. Yeah, uh, and I can understand exactly the same for you because it is. You're right. You know, you've got that little snapshot of a moment to make somebody's day, but then conversely, they can then they can they can make or break your day as well. Yeah, and sometimes those are those moments can be very strangely i don't want to say satisfying but if you feel like maybe you've made a difference or you've said something you've given some advice sometimes advice just comes out me i don't know where it's come from but i think that yeah, sounds all right sounds yeah. pretty good they seem they seem to buy it and it, it i think it was good advice i think and they leave and you think well at least i didn't just go silent and awkward <laughs> Because that's the other thing. You can go the other way, can't you? And just don't, you can shut down from it. Yeah. So, oh, I don't know but, but the interesting thing, and I think, you know, it's quite poignant at the moment that actually you taking the time, even if it was 30 seconds, that actually could have quite, quite an effect. It does. It does. You know, a positive effect on the person that you're talking to. Because yeah. I think, you know, it, it does. I mean, I, I, um, there's a there's a there's a chap that I see quite frequently who um, I think lives in a sort of assisted living environment, and he he has a sort of carer, and he's a lovely chap, um, and I see him quite frequently, and I and 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 little Brian, um, oh Brian, yeah, I love and, Brian, and, and 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 he will always say to me, he said, you know, they 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 they. They're finding a cure, aren't they? They're finding a cure. You know, it's all right. It's all right. But I've got to wear my mask. And and he's 
you, 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 I, many times I've said, hey, look, it's going to be all right. And, you know, you'll be okay. And, and, you know, what are you doing at the moment? Well, I'll do this, this, this. And just to take two or three minutes out yeah. is so, and I think it really, I just hope that he sort of has a bit of, a bit of reality, a little bit more of reality that, yeah. that works for him. I can definitely tell with, with Brian that, that the, um, the situation's got to him. Yeah. And he, he is taking a lot of things on. Yes. From the media, from the papers, from the hearsay, from the gossip. And yeah, I felt that. Definitely felt that with Brian. Is it? You know, he, he he's 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 telling you, oh, they're going to find a cure, but he's he's looking for reassurance. Oh, totally. He's looking for you to go. Yeah, they the the top guys are on this. We've just got to be patient, stay strong. It's on the horizon. It's coming. It, 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 yeah. And even if you know you're kind of lying, sometimes that's the kind thing to do. Yeah, I I, I think you know. It, it, yeah, I mean, I am, I'm, I'm quite sensitive. I mean, my, my, my late father had, um, I mean, not that Brian's got dementia, but my late father had dementia, and he sadly passed away through, through sort of dementia eventually. And having witnessed that and understanding and recognizing the characteristics of dementia, again, that's something that you can see in other people, and there have been many times where people have a certain walk or their certain the way that they present themselves or you know for the things that they say that seem slightly uncharacteristic or or just generally odd yeah and you think oh hang on a second i think think i know you know what 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 you're you're suffering with and you know you try and engage with people you know i mean this isn't necessarily in the office this is just walking in the streets but it's um but it's something that you're very conscious of yeah some of my my best moments uh in my day job are those moments when this uh, customer comes in and they just need that little extra yes there's a lady who comes in who's um who's deaf and i'd forgotten the other day and i was saying sorry what sorry what and then i then i, then I remembered because i hadn't seen her for a long time and i suddenly jumped into this sort of very big on the lips lip yes. read uh, you know so she can lip read thumbs up double checking things became very visual with her and i could see that that she was like relieved then oh okay i'm good now we we've got and when she was gone i sort of blew a little kiss and, and waved <laughs> and she smiled and left and i was like that was a really that was nice that was a really good uh in interaction with, with yeah. someone right there there's a scene in the. This is going to make me sound like a real trekkie. Go on. But there's. I, I, no, 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 like no, I'm not. no, no. You see, go on. I, but, but, no, I'm intrigued because I'm okay. So I'm a I'm a first generation. Star you know, Trek. Star right. Trek. Bear in mind, you know, I was watching Star Trek in the seventies yeah. and early eighties. So you know, but but that was that that was the end of my 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 trekkie experience. But go on, please. So yeah, so um, there's a there's a scene in the pilot episode. Of the very first season. Okay. And there's a, it's a different um, Captain uh, Kirk. It's a different actor. It's not William Shatner. Right. It's someone else. And what happens is, I think, who's the doctor on board? Is it McCoy? Uh, uh, yes, it is. It's, 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 um, um, uh, oh my gosh. I want to say McCoy. I think it's McCoy. Um, or is that just a crisp? Um, 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 I think it's McCoy in the blue. Yes, yes. McCoy. Yeah, it is. Thank and, you. Um, the Scottish man. You the know, Scottish ca guy. You know, Captain, she's going to break up or whatever. You know, <laughs> Captain, we can, can, can I hold her? Can I hold her longer? Something along those lines. I that's don't a, that's have a, the power. No, that's it. That's it. Yes. It's the famous scene from um, Ace Ventura. Yes. When he's, he's shouting it into the... Um, into the empty uh, dolphin pool. I can't do it, Captain. I don't have the power. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah. so he comes into the uh, into the captain's quarters. It's not William Shatner, as I've said. It's, so there's it's the a familiar. different actor. <laughs> Hello, the door going past, right? Yes, and he's got this unit thing with him, and, he, and it, it, at first it kind of looks like a space age doctor's um, briefcase, you know, doctor's bag, and he pulls out. Uh, some spirits. I can't remember what they are, some whiskey or something, right? And he's like, what are you doing? You're my doctor or something, right? And he says, well, often people tell their barman things they won't tell their doctor. And he gives him a drink. And, that, and I, liked, I liked that relationship where he's like, he knows that's not necessarily good for him in the short term. 
No. But what he's going to gather from him in the long term is worth the, the payoff. And I often find that in retail, is that people will tell you things that they should tell their doctor, right? Yes. Or someone else, and they don't. And there's something about that till, that divide, is it's so much more than physical. It's almost metaphorical. It's very strange. The things people share with you are very, very personal, very deep. But but I think that's also down to you as a person that they feel comfortable to be able to, to do that. Thank you. But I, but guess I genuinely so. believe that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it with my colleagues, but I guess, I guess it's, you know, when you see someone every day and you do something that's so personal and intimate as as uh, sell them their products. Yes. You know, the things that they eat, the things that they, they use and sustain themselves with. There's an intimacy there, I guess. Yeah, totally. Uh, and, and yeah, but it's, it is, it's madness. It's madness what you hear sometimes. I, I, I can only imagine, because I think this is the thing, you, you, you know, for somebody to feel uninhibited and to be able to do that yeah. is, 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 is quite remarkable. And, I, I and also, make... when there are people behind you, because yeah, you know, it's 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 a bit of a it's a bit of an audience as well, isn't I'm, it? I'm really, a bit when of you... a talker at the till, as you know. Yeah, but I want to make it very clear, just in case anything gets misconstrued, that I, I do I see it as a privilege. Yeah, no, I, I well, I, 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 to, that uh, comes to be across, told these things that comes yeah. across remarkably, and I, you know, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because I suspect because of your cheekiness <laughs> and i use that in its in its in a, a really endearing term yeah. endearing way the the older generation you you could do you could do no wrong oh. with the older generation you I see we we've already we 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 pride ourselves on the older people you know always respectful towards them but you can still have a laugh i think there is almost a perception that somebody reaches a certain age and all the fun's been sapped out of them. And it's actually quite the reverse. You know, those are the people that have got, you know, they've got nothing to lose, basically. They'll say what they right. feel. And it's so funny. Yeah. And, and you know, everybody, I mean, I've, I've you know, classic cars is my sort of other thing that I'm really interested in. And, you know, I've, I've spoken to people that have got amazing connections with, you know, cars from the 50s or 60s. And, you, you know, you get people talking and, and, and it's it's incredible, and it, it, you know I'm very fortunate because if I go to somebody's house, there are lots of telltales of what it is they're interested in. So ah, you know there so you are do a clues. Quick assumption. Well, there are always clues, you yeah. see. So it's it's you know I mean I, I I like pets very much, and so you know dogs, not so much cats, but don't get me wrong, I've got nothing against cats. But you know you know inevitably are oh, you know great dog, you know what. what what what's you know what breed is it you know tell me about it and it's a genuine interest and yeah. it's but you know it's a great icebreaker because yes. you know people like talking about people like talking about themselves yeah in it but in a nice way mm -hmm. and and if you can engage with that and if you know if they're dog lovers they're pet lovers whatever it is you know that's a good starting point i, I imagine you've got pretty good at this like you know like sherlock holmes enters a enters a scene and he makes an assumption based off of, uh, he makes a, a psychological profile, let's say, of this individual based on the information that's available to him at a glance. And that's what essentially what you do, isn't it? Yeah. You, you go, oh, there's a picture of a classic car there. There's a shoe, horseshoe on the thing there. There's a little lace thing on the table there. This feels quite quaint. They sort of like the village life, the this and that, yeah. the, this age. You can probably tell their age. If they're divorced, widowed, married, do you know, all I, from looking around there, I, I, I'm all. I mean, interesting the divorce side. You, you know, you you unfortunately can, you can get a sense of if you're there to value for for that purpose, and and also I think when I'm, you know, when I'll say when if I'm talking to you know if it's if it's evident that it was owned by a couple and you're only talking to one of that couple then maybe that's an indicator that you know perhaps something's um you know awry so i'll always say um you know are you looking to move locally and and that will sort of open up it's not a it's not a closed question it's not a you know oh are you looking to upsize are you looking to downsize you know p people can then decide how they want to answer that question yeah. and i think 
it's 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 building trust as well, really. And I think you know that goes back to what you know some of the people that you're seeing, you, you know, the reason they're opening up to you is they've they've seen you a hundred times, they've seen you through thick and thin. You know, you, you've always been there and you've been, you know, polite and engaging and all the rest of it. And that's what then triggers them to, I to, guess to so. open up. It's, it's sort of strange that when the lockdown was happening, there was a stra- there was a part of me that felt, although I felt like I was missing out on, on some sort of holiday for a bit, um, there was a part of me that felt a responsibility like, Though I didn't really want to be there, I'd rather sit at home and do my thing and listen to my records and have a bit of me time, you know, if everyone yeah. else is, you know, furloughed. Or, I, know, yes, exactly. I know sometimes yes, are hard for people, but, the, yeah. you know, there was a part of me that was like, oh, I feel like I'm missing out on a bit of time off work here. Uh, I'm not getting... And, um, but there was a part of me that felt like a responsibility, like, well, these people need normality. Yes. They need to, like... There's maybe some, maybe sounds egotistical, but there needs to be, there will be some comfort in them going to the shop masked up yeah. on a lockdown and seeing me there. Well, do you know what? I was one of those people because we were, um, I furloughed the four, four members of staff. I carried on working because we had, because the dynamics of what we do, we had a lot of sales that had been agreed but hadn't gone through to exchange of contracts or completion. So those needed to be managed. Um, so I would, in the interest of routine, I would come into the office in the morning. Um, I would still be there at, you know, maybe eight o'clock in the morning. I'd work on through, have my lunch, which inevitably meant that I would come into the shop. So that was my bit of normality. And it was funny actually, because I can't remember the na- lady's name, but I saw her quite a lot. We had a bit of a joke. She... Kelsey changes the colour of her hair. She's I, I, quite short, shortish brown hair. She'll be in her 50s, probably late 50s. Um, I can't remember. I mean, I, 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 did, did, I appreciate... Anyway, she was lovely. Right. And we used to have a... a, a oh, working in the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, who is this? Um, so your hair's currently... I think your hair's purple at the moment. Oh, Caroline. Thank short, you. Yeah, short that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Caroline, so, yeah. so Caroline. So I would I would go in and, and what I would do in the afternoon was I thought, right, this is an opportunity. The office would be meaning to get it decorated. So at two o'clock in the afternoon, I would paint brushes, boil a soup, start decorating the office. So I had a routine. Right. And then I would remorse myself with a beer. So I would go in, I would get my lunch and I'd have a beer. And we had a bit of a joke about the fact that, you know, I had my beer in the afternoon. But that was a routine and it was replacing a previous routine but it felt very it very very comfortable and because it was a very familiar experience and so you're absolutely on the money you're absolutely right that was you know i was one of those people and and it was it was you know it was a good thing it was a because i think we were all looking for a degree of normality yeah. and even if that was a new normality if there were grains of the old stuff mixed in with it then it was you know that was comfortable yeah um yeah, and, and as I said to begin with, I was a bit like, oh, I didn't get bank holidays and now I don't get a lockdown. But very quickly, I was quite glad, actually, yeah. that I had some uh, somewhere to go and something to do. Um, it's just that fear of missing out. Yeah, well, you know, absolutely. Like, oh, everyone, yes. What's everyone going to be doing? Obviously, you, you don't go straight to the despair and the disparity, but you just you know you see a lot of your friends going, oh, yes, I'm not going to work now. And you're like, no. oh, my God, I'm, I'm still going to work. Yeah, but those those are probably the people that are now saying, mm, you know what, we might not be working again. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's the fear, I think. You know, I, I, I think, you know, for me, you know, for yourself, for other people that have still got jobs, you know, okay, you know, it's all going to bounce back ultimately, but yeah. you know, one appreciates it's going to be a very different type of of of, of normal. We're in a different world now. Yeah, it's, it just changed. It, it is so. It is it is so profound. You know, I I, I found myself, um, you know, traveling. I went to London not that long ago, and it was just, it it was it was like the day of the Triffid film. You know, it was it was just remarkable that. You know, n- nobody was, you know, there are no, there are no tourists because they can't even come into the cities, you know. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. So, you, you know, even even Bath, 
you know, I don't know if you've been to Bath recently. I haven't been to Bath for a while. I was thinking about going and doing a charity shop. Yeah. Uh, round Robin, just to... Uh, Which now would be a perfect yes, time. Yes, get all the good CDs. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. But um, that's interesting. Bath will feel yeah, very different. Yeah, because, you, you know, there just are no... There are no, there are no international tourists. Yeah. And I guess, you know, places like that. I mean, I... I as I say, it was it was profound. Some of the big shops, big, very famous shops in London, are you know it's it's ridiculous how few people are going into these places now. And okay, people are probably buying a bit more online, but um, but yeah, it's it's you know it, it, I, I don't know. I mean, it it it, it, it does feel. Um, it, 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 yeah, it just it just feels so totally uh, alien to yeah. to anything I've ever experienced. What does this mean for the housing market? I think I mean at the moment it's just ridiculously busy because people have been at home and they have been thinking lots and making decisions. I think what it's done is is perhaps accentuated the fragility of life, and so decisions that people are going to make in two or three years' time, they're now saying, actually, we'll do it now. Um, the people moving from, from from London, what did you refer to them as? The, oh, the, the blow-ins. The blow-ins. I mean, I've never experienced in 30 years the level of people that are moving from London to home counties. And, you know, these are, going back to what we were saying earlier, these are people that have got interesting jobs they're bringing employment they're bringing all sorts of great things to, to to the area but um you know those are the people that have been in two bedroom flats in stoke newington for you know six months with a a, a one-year-old child and just thinking well this is ridiculous we'll sell up what we can do is buy a fabulous three bedroom cottage or whatever they decide you know, the demand for bits of land to have chickens and grow some vegetables is just off the scale. Right. So... It's a culture shift as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally. Um, and I think this is this is the thing, you know, more and more people realising that they can work from home or they can work remotely or they're not having to go into the office three days or, or rather sort of five days a week, they can now do three days. So, So for the property market, amazing things at the moment, but I'm equally aware that... You know, that might be for the next six or 12 months, but it might not necessarily continue at the levels we're operating at the moment. Um, but it's, it's, it's quite something. Have you sold your greatest house yet? I think that we, we'll end on this, I think. We'll end on okay. this one. Have you, have you, do you feel that you've, there's, there's a house in the past that you've moved on, found owners for, that is just will not be topped, or do you think this is coming? Oh, it's I, I, I think way? it's yet it's it's yet to arrive. Right. I mean, it's 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 quite um, uh, yeah. I mean, we've 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 you know have sold houses at a million pounds, and you know locally you get a lot for a million pounds. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I I, th I think my my daughter, so I've got a twelve year old, and uh, she is currently fixed on. Uh, something called Selling Sunsets, which is the most horrendous program, which is real estate agents in Hollywood Boulevard. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's just these houses, you know, $47 million. Oh, my days. And, and they organize. So we, we occasionally have open days rather than conventional, you know, somebody turns up, we show them around, that's it. So they, they, they go one one step beyond with regards to open days. And they had... Uh, I watched it with her last week and they decided what was appropriate is something they called a burger and Botox evening. So you turn up, you could have mini burgers, all gourmet burgers, you could view the house and also if you fancied, you could have a Botox at the same time. It was the Botox complimentary. Oh, no, totally. Yes, another yes, indeed. World. Yeah, I know. So there we world. go. I haven't quite got to that stage yet, nor will we ever in Froome, but I right. haven't yet sold my dream house. Excellent. Uh, if you need some Botox, not that you do... <laughs> But probably if you need, do if you need that hooked up i know a guy no i don't you're know too guy. kind i don't know a guy I was, no, <laughs> no, I'm actually i know i do i know a nurse yeah 
<laughs> I know a nurse who will do, do you know what? It does not surprise me that you would, I, I, I would expect you to know everybody <laughs> in all sorts of professions. I know everyone's dirty little secrets in this town. <laughs> yes. John, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you Thanks very much. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Absolutely. Big thanks to John Haynes for joining me on this week's podcast. We will leave the links to McAllister's in the description show notes for you. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. You can also follow me and my antics on Instagram at, at Andy underscore S1S. This podcast was produced by the formidable Harry Williams, and we'll see you next time on The Giant Pod.